y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. En Tala de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 36, Viva Colombia. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. And also on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. And don't forget my online store, CortezNYC.BigCartel.com. That's where I have my graffiti merchandise. I have posters, pins, stickers, and some more stuff launching soon. So please go on there, log on, and shop around. Help support an artist. And let's get started. Viva Colombia! Colombian independence is coming up. And... As usual, we pick topics that force us to do some research. So this time we decided to do Colombia. Yes. Um, Colombian artists. I have never really researched Colombian artists. I only know of a lot of musicians. Mm -hmm. That's true. And soccer players, (laughs) maybe actors. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I don't. I didn't really know about too many actual Colombian artists, famous Colombian artists. And I think the only one that came to mind. Um, which is probably one of the most known names from Colombia is Botero. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I was going to end up doing my research and finding only Botero and being like, well, that's it. All I got one whole episode dedicated to Botero. <laughs> but that's not true. So what did you find? Um, I found that there are a lot of Colombian artists, famous ones, but that specifically um, when searching Botero, I found that he is grouped together in a group called the Big Five. They are the Big Five Colombian artists, fine artists from their time period, contemporaries from the 1950s. Um, some of them are dead and some of them are still alive. Uh, Botero is still alive. Yeah. Um, I think Botero is, what, 86? Yeah, I think he's 86. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is, you know, he's getting up there. He's not, we don't know how many more years he's going to have, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think he's one of the best known of this group of five. Um, so the big five from Colombia, their names are um, Obregón, uh, Enrique Grau, Fernando Botero, Eduardo Villamizar, and it looks like Edgar Negret. Um, these are the big five. Out of these, I would say, aside from Botero, yeah. whose style is very recognizable and you know I, I like his stuff I, I'm not in love with his stuff but mm-hmm. I like it but um, there's another artist of this group five of this group of five called Obregón that really has a style that I think I, I'm glad I did the research and I found out about him because I think I really like his style um, his full name is Alejandro Obregón um, he's actually half Colombian, half Spanish from Spain. Um, he was born in the 20s. Uh, he died at the age of 71. Um, he lived in Colombia. He identified as Spa- Spanish-Colombian. Okay. Um, and 
his style is very interesting. He, he did mostly very colorful paintings, abstract and fluid, modern in style. Like the paintings are definitely modern. Um, they have like a, a cartoony design sense. They look like something that you would see in street art um, or done by a computer, like yeah. vector style of art. Yeah. Because um, they have these very simplified shapes with simple uh, gradients. It's not heavily rendered. So it's mm -hmm. kind of flat, like 2D, almost 3D, mm -hmm. but really 2D art. Um, but they're so colorful. And the characters that he composes there, like animals and, and things like that, it kind of reminds me of like cultural art with the, is it magical realism and all yeah, that yeah. with the animals and, yeah. the, and the nature. Um, but it it looks modern and it looks it looks cutting edge. I mean, for, for somebody who was painting in the 50s, this is... This still stands up to some of the street art that you would see now in, um, you know, downtown of cities around yeah. the, the country and around the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Obregón, I think he's a, he's definitely uh, someone that I, I'm glad that I got to do this research and, and see his stuff. I, I would have never known. And I, and I saw a documentary on him on YouTube, and I could see that his personality and everything. There's something interesting about that that character. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to definitely be re researching him more. The other guy out of this group of five that stood out to me was the guy Enrique Grau. Enrique Grau, his, they define him as having a style that depicts cultural, like the cultural mixture of Colombia. They, they say um, he is renowned for his depictions of a merry Indian and Afro-Colombian figures. Mm -hmm. So he he he's drawn figures that 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 might ha that look like a mixture of right. European and Indian mm -hmm. and African, and that's kind of interesting, especially for uh, a, fi a contemporary fine artist in yeah. Colombia. I think that's very it's a nice detail um, to his career. He, his figures are interesting. They have a lot of personality. They very animated. Their 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 facial expressions. In particular, he has one of this girl who look. I think it's. I think this this title is Mulata. She looks like a girl that you would know from around your block. Uh, her expression yeah. and her face. She's very pretty and and you know a, you know a little sensual, but without being overly sexual. And it reminds me a lot of the Mexican muralists. It reminds me a lot of stuff from Diego Rivera, Frida Kahlo, and that kind of thing. The, the style of rendering and the style of characters i think the group of five these these big five from colombia i think they were inspired by the mexican but, muralists yeah. it's interesting to see the the connection between them yeah mm -hmm. yeah without i mean we don't know it's it's two different times i think they, they weren't inspired i think i read somewhere that a mention of the mexican muralists so i oh, okay, okay. i think there is something there yeah at least with one of them yeah one of the artists um, but these artists are artists from Colombia who early on in their 20s managed to travel around the world and get inspirations from other mm. countries, uh, United States and Europe and all that. So these are these are artists that saw everything. Yeah. They weren't just local artists that made it big. These are artists that, that studied the history of art and, and took inspirations from it. The other two artists, I'm, I don't really care for their stuff. Uh, the guy, Vijamisar and um, Negret, they're really just modern contemporary artists. They do abstract pieces. They look like they do sculptural stuff as well. 
you know, it's nice, but it's nothing that really stands out to me like, whoa, it's my genre. You know, I'm really excited about it. Um, I think out of them, like I said, the guy uh, Obregón is the one that really stands out to me. But because Botero is the one that I've heard of the most, let me talk a little bit about him. Um, Botero, uh, like I said, he was born in 1932. He's still around he's still alive he's 86 years old now um he's a figurative artist he's also a sculptor because he's had his paintings converted into sculpture i don't know that he's yeah. seriously sitting there sculpting I, i'm sure he has a team of people yeah now making yeah. his sculpture i don't even i don't think he ever did i don't know i don't get that impression <laughs> i get the impression that he's a painter and a designer of sculptures but i don't think he does. i don't know but um yeah but he's um his signature style known as Boteroism. So this is interesting that he actually managed to have his signature style become an ism. Yeah, a movement. A movement. <laughs> um, and what his signature style signature style is for anybody who doesn't know, it's it's that he does robust figures. Mm -hmm. um, don't confuse it with, and they make a big deal of this, but don't confuse it with figures being fat. They're exactly. not. They're not obese or fat. What he does is that he. He makes all his figures, the animal figures. If he's talking about a horse, he'll mm -hmm. make the horse, you know, the subject of the horse will be big. Um, if it's a chair or furniture, like he'll do everything kind of robust, yeah. um, heavy set. Uh, the people, their limbs are like sausage limbs. You know, everybody's like really <laughs> thick and, yeah, yeah. you know, there, there's no, um, but yet they're graceful. That, that's the funny thing. He'll make them all thick, but then he'll also make them dancing or make them in yeah, motion, they, jumping, whatever. And they they have tiny feet and they, they look very lightweight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's whimsical. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's it's humorous. Um, and it it's lighthearted in its look. And also the rendering is very light. It's not like heavy shadows and dramatic. It's, mm. it's all very lightly rendered. Um, he's done a lot of his own... Um, interpretations of famous pieces like uh, like a Jesus or like a Mona Lisa or like pa classical paintings of uh, Velasquez and things like that and he's done them in his style so they'll be like robust little figures you know almost like a parody of mm -hmm. famous pieces and for that I think in his early years when he was really becoming famous people criticized it and they considered him more of a commercial artist because his work had commercial appeal and it was popular to, you know and but it was fun it was lighthearted so people didn't take it too seriously they considered him more of a commercial artist um i think he's also in the 90s i believe he started doing more like social themes talking about the violence in colombia and the uh he did a, a portrait of um escobar in yeah. his in his in the same style that he paints but he did a escobar you know, I think getting shot up. Um, he, he did like a lot of this dark, darker or more political, politically charged imagery in his signature style. And I think that kind of started making him cross over a bit and, and people started paying a, a little more attention to him. Um, but I think now after a lifetime, pretty much, you know, with this style and, and making a mark for himself, I think now he definitely cannot be denied entrance into the big greats yeah, of fine art you know his pieces are recognizable i recognized in a lot of museums uh very well-known museums and he's all over the world so 
it's almost like he became the representation for Colombia, mm -hmm. Colombian artists. Yeah, he became an icon of Colombia, as as iconic as any celebrity or or musician or actor or anybody. Yeah. It's almost like the Picasso. Yeah, yeah. It, it is the Picasso. It is the Picasso. That's why it's. I think it's. I think he got a bad rap because nobody was willing to accept him as a Picasso. Yeah. Or as a Dali, let's say. Yeah. Even, even Dali used to get criticized for being a commercial artist. It's, uh -huh. Because Dali crossed over into commercial stuff and, and he, a he became a celebrity right. in our own living time. Right. right. You know, on TV and all that. And I think that while you're alive, people take you for granted. I think when people see that you might die or you might go away, that's when people start to take you more seriously as a fine artist and, exactly. and they see your contributions. Exactly. I think it's it's unfair. I think it's an unfair thing. Um, I mean, but I don't like, I feel like all artists start with a bad, not a bad reputation, but like people, they don't like them at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, right. When they start showing their work, like Picasso, people thought that Picasso's work wasn't the big deal. It was just like something weird. And then they got to understand it in a way, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's also that, and this has to do with pop culture and it has to do with pop art mm. and modern art. Yeah. But um, we've become a lot more comfortable with pop art. Mm. Pop art now is fine art. We yeah. we even in in popular culture and in, in modern culture we even look at pop musicians as fine artists. We it's say, true. oh, you know. <laughs> uh, whatever uh, Beyonce is a genius for her right. new video she's a genius yeah, you know true. whoever uh, another artist you know Br Bruno Mars is a genius what a genius such a talent such a natural genius true. True. We, we do this even though we know it's not true the guy's a commercial created you know product he's, yeah, a, yeah, he's yeah. an actor basically yeah you know performing um, so I think in nowadays we're more comfortable with that so I think maybe we grew into people like Botero. Mm. I think when Botero first came out, uh, especially in Colombia, where maybe a lot of fine artists were trying to, if you were going to be a fine artist and taken seriously, you would have to be abstract. Right. You couldn't be figurative. Right. You had to be misunderstood. You had to be European. Right. You had to have a European sensibility or an American sensibility. You had to be a Jackson Pollock, mm -hmm. you know, splattering paint, an American artist splattering paint and being rebellious. And yeah misunderstood and all these things yeah not fun not humorous not lighthearted in your style you know? and not showing exactly what you're thinking exactly because uh -huh. so I, i think i think because we are so much more comfortable now in the in the year 2018 <laughs> in the in the in the year 2018 we're so much more comfortable with the commercialism of fine art You know, I think that's why we're okay with Botero being a fine artist and considering him a, a, a cultural icon for Colombia. And I think Colombians are more comfortable with it as well. Right. Um, you know, so I, I think anybody who might have bought a Botero back in the day and had it hanging in their house like, ah, oh, I, I went to this art festival <laughs> and the guy was selling the canvases of the girl, you know, the fat <laughs> ladies and I bought one. Yeah. I'm sure right now they're like, wow, I have a Botero. Like, exactly. that's incredible. You know exactly. what I mean? And, you know, I, I, yeah, we saw that documentary of him, Botero, yeah. in China. You know, he did a, he did a uh, exhibition in China. And he was very proud of his work and his lifetime, his career, to be able to represent Colombia in China. 
and you look at the artwork hanging and you saw you see the exhibit on YouTube you see his whole video exhibit you see all his paintings and you see his sculptures and you're like of course this guy fits right into China like why wasn't he there already they love of course they love his stuff and it looks just like all the shit that we see the pop artists do in Brooklyn yeah all the big silly sculptures and the the silly paintings like sure. it looks just like it except that Botero was doing it now for 60 years true you know he's been doing it not for 10 years exactly <laughs> He's been doing it for 60 years, paving the way for all these pop artists. Exactly. And when he went there, the um, reporter was um, calling him Master. Mm-hmm. Master Botero. Yeah, so I caught what that. do you have to say that. about this and that? Listen, man, if, you, if, you're, if you're 80 years old and you're still painting, I think you deserve the right, you know, yeah. you have the right to be called yeah, Master. Yeah, no, no, but that was nice because you wouldn't think that people in China are looking at his art with such um appreciation yep, and, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah 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 it's true i mean sometimes they you know i think in art they also say that they say that um you're not going to be appreciated while you're alive in your lifetime and you're not going to be appreciated by your own people a lot of times right because within your own circle it, it, there's probably a lot of people like you doing the same exactly, thing exactly so it's usually the the foreigners that really look at you like a like something you know yeah. wh while your 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 peers around you they they look at you like you're just ah, eh, it's just that guy who does the paintings just <laughs> like me and <laughs> who cares true true um so yeah it was interesting it was interesting i think this this research was interesting to see that um i don't know what did you know about botero what do you think of his style well i I just knew about exactly the fat girls and fat guys. Not fat, robust. Carla, but robust. they're not fat, they're robust. And he's not um, trying to advertise any type of... Um, se me fue la palabra. Obesity? Obesity or anything like that. Or plus size? <laughs> or pl well, well oh, yeah, or plus size. But at the same time, people do see it as... Well, he's trying to portray another image and it's working because people like it and maybe it's not that bad after all. And it's important for people to see different images in paintings now um, as, as it was uh, years ago when um, they used to make paintings of robust ladies because it's, um, it was a definition of abundance. And a definition of beauty because the more you'll see on a picture, the more the more beautiful it was. Yeah. Um, but I think it's is very um, inspiring to see him still doing it, to see his family so oh, attached yeah. to his yeah, yeah. work and so so involved because he has a daughter and a son, and they're both working with him. Yeah, his son his son wrote a book on on him. Yeah, a biography, right? A biography on his father. Mm -hmm. So that that's interesting also. And he was very he's very articulate in, in, in explaining the meaning behind his father's work and, and his father's work ethic and everything. It was very interesting to see that um, the ideals of the Colombian family are being represented there as well. True. True. Um, his son is a grown man. Yeah. And, he, and he made it a point to, to explain that he never saw his father as the the crazy artist going from bar to bar 
That was an excellent point. Drinking and and you know daydreaming about his fantasies and 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 his artistic explorations. Instead, he always saw a father who was a very an extremely disciplined, almost too disciplined artist mm -hmm. that would wake up and start doing work and work the entire day and even at his age 86 could go to a party and be tired in 30 minutes but if he had, if he was in a studio he could work the entire day on his feet and and not stop and not even feel the pain on his feet and i think that's very inspiring for me and as as a colombian american it's inspiring to see that colombian ideal that morality that work ethic being displayed in that way by an artist it inspires me because i'm like yeah i'm like that too it's not weird it's not weird and in yeah. it and that i know that within our culture we respect that right yeah maybe he did it for that reason maybe that's the way he that's why he was so intense with his work ethic is because First of all, he knew he had to get a lot of stuff out there because once he got attention, he needed to keep writing it. Exactly. But maybe also to counterbalance the critics. Exactly. That might say, oh, look at this guy. He's just painting funny things. He just thinks this is a joke. And maybe he took it more seriously to represent it and say, no, it's not a joke. You see my work ethic. I'm taking this seriously. Yeah. Um, I think that was another criticism also of him. I remember years ago, I would talk to other Colombians about him. Mm-hmm. And people would talk about art and they would be like, oh, yeah, Botero, ha, 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 ha. And I'd be like, I, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't really a supporter of Botero, so I didn't mind if they <laughs> made fun of him. But, uh -huh. but the jokes were based on the idea that the people telling me Botero, ha, 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 he does the fat girls. It was almost like saying, well, it was like they wanted to distance themselves from that image because they figured, you know, painting of a woman should be beautiful and sexy exactly and they don't want to so be represented problem, that way the problem is them is them themselves. it wasn't it wasn't botero's art exactly yeah and and that was common it was a lot of people that would say that and they would be like and they would you know how women are you yeah, know they, yeah. they would make the jokes and then they would be like i don't understand why do they have to paint them like that why can't they paint but can't they paint them beautiful i mean come on you know she didn't really look that way and i'm like why are you even thinking like that exactly. like obviously it's not about that yeah his pieces obviously are not about sexy or not sexy and mm -hmm. they're not about depicting you know a uh, a realistic image exactly. it's about a concept exactly um so yeah that that i remember that always and <laughs> i mean i'm glad i did this research i think this episode um as always is going to motivate me to go into a youtube uh, tunnel of videos and just dive deep into a hole and just start looking for more research on these artists especially um the Obregón, uh, what was it? Obregón. Obregón, Obregón and, uh, and Botero. I think we're going to dig a little deeper into their backgrounds. There's a, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of me in them and a lot of them in me. I, I see similarities. Yeah. So that's exciting. And uh, that's it. You guys out there, go on, go find, uh, research these guys as well. Go find your inspiration. Viva Colombia. Oh yeah, culture talk, Carla. Oh yes, cultural talk. <laughs> Why do you have to repeat what I said? <laughs>
Because <laughs> it's the first thing I have to say. Are you gonna repeat what I say? Okay, so culture well, talk. Okay, what so do you have for us this culture talk? So this culture talk is gonna be very special. I'm gonna be talking about Shakira. Because we're gonna we this whole episode is dedicated to Colombia, so I figure why not talk about Shakira, how she started and how inspiring she is for all of us. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think Shakira is probably, I mean, I want to say almost, if not the most famous Colombian artist worldwide. Yeah. You know, not not everybody's favorite, but um, I think she's one of the people that people, when they think Colombian music, they usually jump right to Shakira. Um, I wish it would be Carlos Vives instead or I Juanes. I know it represents more of what Colombia Colombian music more yeah. than anything um, but uh, or, or even Joy Arroyo but uh, nobody's gonna know who yeah, Joy Arroyo is but, but, um, but you know that's the person that people you know recognize immediately when they say Colombian music if they're not Colombian and they're you know Americans or, or even Europeans they're gonna say Shakira yeah so I'm gonna give you some facts about Shakira and I wanted to talk about her also because when I was younger I used to enjoy her music a lot it was one of the first CD albums that I remember I had. I had a CD player and I was always listening to her music. What CDs? What are CDs? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. At least I got to know that, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you're so old school, Carla. Yeah, so old school. Okay, so Shakira, she's from Barranquilla, Colombia. Ooh! And she was born 1977. 1977? Yeah. She's younger than me. <laughs> she's younger than you. I keep forgetting that. Um... So, since very young, she showed that she was interested in music and in dancing. Um, in some interviews, she said that she would dream and imagine about her life and her future, being an entertainer, uh, that she will go to the beach and sit down and think about her dreams. And she will actually imagine how her life will be, and it will be what it is today uh, she started writing music when she was eight years old and she was also really inspired by her father's Lebanese heritage and that's why she uh, started dancing belly dance when she was very young too and it was a childhood of ups and downs because she started singing at school at school they told her that she sounded like a goat <laughs> so like that ain't right. <laughs> like she couldn't sing. Why? Why they gotta do that to Shakira? That's not I right. know. But then she continued doing it. She continued doing it, and she finally um, entered a competition. She got a record when she was very young, and she finally got um, her first album when she was like around fifteen or sixteen. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that she was. What What kind of songs do you write at eight years old? Well, actually, on an interview. She was saying that the first song she wrote was something about behind the dark glasses. And she said that after going to therapy, she realized that it was about her dad. Because when she was younger, um, her oldest brother died. And she saw that her father was feeling sad about it and that it was a real struggle for him. So he, she wrote that song for him. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty deep for an eight-year-old. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, so, well, 
uh, Shakira got her first, first album that was kind of like a hit in Colombia more than anything and then her first hit in Latin America was Pies Descalzos and it was an album that it was released in 1996 um, and then after that she came out in 1998 with, with Donde Están Los Ladrones which is the album that I remember the most um, I went through it to remember about um, the songs and I know all of them and I think that was like my first introduction to Shakira and then I continued to look for others um, for her first album and then I continued to listen to her future albums um, something interesting that she said is that um, she will do everything herself she will write songs she will direct videos she will do her own makeup and she said I am my own quality supervisor so she said like I have I have to be in charge of everything in order for me to feel like I'm doing a good job hmm. um, then after that she did her crossover to the English language market when she released the album laundry service in 2001 and the song the single whenever whenever uh was like a big boom in united states and in english um speaking countries I, i'm gonna be honest i don't i really hated that whole phase when she went to english yeah. i yeah, didn't I like it at all it sounds weird to me when she's when she tries to sing in english it bothers me i love her voice in Spanish. I love her music in Spanish. Yeah. I, it really has a real... Um, her voice and her style of singing in Spanish has a real permanent place in my subconscious. I know. Mm -hmm. Like, I re when I hear it, I it's like it goes right to my brain and it goes mm -hmm. right to my heart. But when she tries to do shit yes. in English, it's a mess. That yeah. whole wherever, whenever, that shit, I was like, ugh. Oh. I love that song in Spanish. Ugh. Oh. I don't like that that much in English. I, I think the only song that I like from her in English is Underneath Your Clothes. And that's in another album that I'm going to talk in a little right, bit. Alright, keep on, I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, that was like her first English album. And then she had another two that were in English, which was Oral Fixation Volume 2 and She Wolf that was in 2009 so in oral f uh, exactly <laughs> and oral fixation I can't wear her, man. <laughs> in oral fixation was in uh in 2005 and that's when she released also the hips don't lie which i think that's a good song also in english um it was it was catchy and it was fun so it worked out for me um and then you know, Shakira, she just keep doing more and more music, releasing more videos. She's just, she, she doesn't stop. And even now when she does interviews, she says that she's like, yeah, I, I have never stopped. Um, I can take a break and I can think about my next move, but I'm always going to be doing this because this is why I came to the world <laughs> to do this, to do music. And then she, for me, this was when she had a kind of like a comeback to the Shakira 
From Pies Descalzos en Donde Están Los Ladrones with the album Sale el Sol yeah. in 2010. Yeah. Uh, uh, it wasn't the same because as she explained in her interviews, she says that she cannot be doing the same formula. She has to change it up because if not, she will be very bored and she will bore everybody else yeah. with the same style. Yeah. So that's why she said that she has to do something different every time. And, and she's a different person now. I mean, I, I totally understand that she's not going to do something like what she did when she was in her 20s. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah, and then just some numbers for you guys to know so you guys understand who is Shakira and how important she is. She have won five MTV Video Music Awards, three Grammy Awards, 13 Latin Grammy Awards, seven Billboard Music Awards, 39 Billboard Latin Music Awards. Um, she was nominated for a Golden Globe. Uh, from 2012 to 2015, she was listed among the world's top 100 most powerful women in the world Wow! by Forbes. Wow. And in 2017, she was the only artist listed as one of the world's greatest leaders by Fortune Ranked 27. Hmm. So Shakira is not only a musician, she's also a philanthropist. She has her foundation in Colombia. It's called the Barefoot, the Barefoot Foundation, Pies Descalzos. <laughs> And it's for children to help them to go to school, to help them um, to have their meals when they go to, to school so they can stay um, having an, an education in Colombia, in the poor uh, parts of Colombia. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about Shakira because I think that she just keeps evolving and even though her evolution, sometimes we don't like it. <laughs> Some of her albums have been a little bit weird um, and more the recent one. I think that even if it's just one song, you can find at least one song in her albums that is going to inspire you. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Shakira yeah. gets a lot of play on here, huh? I mean, episode after episode on this podcast, we keep talking and bringing her up, huh? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I, There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm just noticing that episode after episode, we managed to sneak Shakira into it it's somehow. True. It's true. Well... Also, um, I think somebody has a girl crush on Shakira. <laughs> well, I just wanted to talk about Shakira. Uh -huh. And then also, um, another thing about Shakira and her albums and all that is that she was explaining that her albums are, are almost like her life. So whatever is going on in her lives is what you're seeing in her albums. So when she came out with the She-Wolf album, she was saying that she was feeling like a woman and that She was feeling like grown and free and she just wanted to express herself in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that is Shakira. And then... And then now she's a mom and now she's exactly. um, a wife. A wife? No, not a wife. Not a wife. But she's a mom. She's a mom with uh, the football player. Pique. Pique. And now she makes mom songs. Now she's in, in child... In In Zootopia, what was that she was? Oh, yeah, she was in Zootopia. Yeah, she was one of the uh, characters in Zootopia. She was a, a singer in Zootopia, yeah. like a like an artist or something. Yeah. Same yeah. thing, like she, she is in real life. Um, but yeah, and then um, she has collaborated with Carlos Vives, 
who is an important I think that Carlos Vives is the the one that actually preserves Colombian music and Colombian folk music even though now he's trying to do a little bit more of reggaeton and so Shakira and so is collaborating Shakira. with Nicky Yams and exactly and Maluma and Maluma Maluma more than anybody else yeah um but yeah she had done collaborations and she just kept doing her thing I think her evolution is has been drastic yeah how many years has she been I mean, she started at 15, now she's like 40-something. Yeah, so I mean, there's no Her way you can be an artist. Life. Yeah, you can't be an artist that long without evolving and no. changing your styles. Um, I mean, another thing is, you know, when she started, she was like the bad girl. Yeah. But with a with a soft, you know, exactly, touch. Exactly. With a, a romantic or a, a delicate song and delicate yeah. voice. Yeah. You know, but, but, but a bad girl. And then she turned into this like sex symbol. She yeah. tried to become a sex symbol and all that. I don't know if the sex symbol thing really worked. I think people ca caught on to it because that's what they want to see. Mm -hmm. But when you look at her now and she's still trying to do the sex symbol thing, it's like, yeah, but that's, I don't, th I don't know if that's really, I don't think she needs to be the sex symbol Yeah. to, mm -hmm. to get people's attention and to make a good record. I think she might come back. I think J-Lo, like, J -Lo, for example, comparing uh -huh. her, let's say, to J-Lo, I think yeah. J-Lo will always have to be a sex symbol because she portrays that and she milks that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that J-Lo has had that soft, intimate album. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, she hasn't had that personal, you know, deep album. Yeah. Um, so we know people who have followed Shakira know that she has that side to her. Exactly. So like what are you yeah yeah so so i think even when she's doing all this other stuff and she's doing the sex symbol thing and she's doing the hips don't lie and i you know and i'm the crazy wild latina and i'm dancing and but you know that inside like she can make really good music yeah if she were to sit down and do that yeah you know so. i think she might come back like like we were talking about her evolution through her albums and all that i think she's gonna get to a place where she's gonna be like you know what I cannot dance anymore and I just need to hopefully. if I want if I want to keep doing what I'm doing hopefully yeah. I need to modify and I need to go to this stage again yeah it would be great it would be great to see her go back to that what about acting has she ever tried acting Do you remember? I think she was like in a telenovela or something in Colombia really? or something like that yeah oh and she was also uh, a coach for the voice the American version of the voice Oh, really? Yeah, for two seasons. Oh, wow, okay. So, yeah, so that's cool, too. Like, because uh, usually for The Voice, they, they use, let's say, Alicia Keys. Yeah. Or the guy from Maroon 5, which those are recognizable singers. And you know, because they're good technically. Yeah. So that's cool that they recognize her as a singer that knows and that can give advice and that can, like, develop other singers. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. um, thinking about what, what what's your favorite Shakira song? My favorite Shakira song? I don't know. I know you have too many, but like exactly, which, one's, which one pops to your head quickly? Sombra de ti or Inevitable. Yeah. How does, how, give me an example of Sombra de ti. Give me like a little verse off the top of your head. A little acapella. Voy a dejar que mi guitarra diga todo lo que yo. Oh, yeah. No sé decir por mí. 
o quizás deba esperar aquel insulto de reloj. Acabé de planear mi fin. Yeah, yeah. That That's a good one. Yeah. And what was the other one? Inevitable. In inevitable? Yeah. That one goes... Uh, El cielo está cansado ya de ver la lluvia caer. Y cada día que pases uno más oh, yeah, parecido yeah. ayer. No encuentro forma alguna de olvidarte porque seguir amándote es inevitable. That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, she's got like, like those songs right there already. Like you start singing those little parts, and I'm already remembering like the mode and the the the, the lyrics and the, yeah. the whole tone of the songs. Yeah, those are good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think. Something that stands out for me is uh, that I really, it really made me look at Shakira a little different was when she did a cover of a Metallica song. Oh, yeah, yeah. You showed me that. I was like, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. She did, a, she did a cover one time of um, Metallica's uh, Nothing Else Matters. And she did a, she started with, with this like very dramatic Spanish, like, uh, with like drum beats mm -hmm. and and uh El yeah and, and and with the cajon and like some like very dramatic almost like an opera beginning yeah you know like a play a tribal kind of feel and then it started turning and turning and then it became this like nothing else matters in english thing i was really cool yeah it was really really yeah, cool that that, cool. that made me think of her a little different because when i saw that cover that video you can find it on youtube just google search shakira nothing else matters Um, but when you see that video, you realize that there's so much more to her, mm -hmm. that she has so much other things to. Because because in that video, like she does dancing and stuff, but she does it more on a performance play kind of level. Not it's almost a, like a, not a sexual, like a modern dance. Like a modern dance, exactly. Not like a sexual pop, mm -hmm. you know, dance to like turn you on and all that. But more like 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 yeah, like you said, like a modern dance, like to tell a story. But that's why. I don't know. That's why I think that even though she's trying to do all all these other uh, representations of what she should be as 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 saying like, oh, I, I'm gonna be sexy and I'm gonna show my body and I'm gonna dance hips don't lie because we know what she can do in in those other albums from before. Is is why I feel like I still have like an appreciation for what right. she's doing. Right. Right. Um, and like I said, I don't know. I think that that's still in her because even in the worst album, you can still find one song. So, all right. So everybody, go appreciate Shakira. <laughs> go check out her music. <laughs> We appreciate her. Y viva Colombia. You wanted me to teach you, right? All right, before we start this Hablando Español, I just want to remind you guys that on my website, I have two Colombian-themed merchandise pieces for sale. I have um, a pin in the Colombian flag color. It's a graffiti pin called Tricolor. Mm -hmm. And I have a sticker uh, in the Colombian colors of a graffiti piece I did called Vamos Colombia. You can get both of those at my website. Go to cortezNYC.bigcartel. Com and you can pick that up. The pins are 15 and the stickers are three. So they're not that expensive. Go 
Yeah, go check it out. Get your Colombian items ready All for right. this weekend yeah. and you can show them off. Alright guys, so let's do this. Hablando Español, Cala, what do you got for me? Okay, let's start with robust. How you say robust in Spanish? Robust? Uh, ro <laughs> robot. <laughs> robust? Ro robust? Robusto? Sí, lo dije al principio. What? Ro robusto? Robusto. All right. All right. Got Next it. Next one. How do you say Colombian? <laughs> How do you say Colombian? Colombiano. Yeah, that's what oh. you are. Colombiano. <laughs> Todos somos colombianos. In this episode, we're all Colombian. We're all Colombian, yes. Okay. For Next this one yes. is songs. How do you say songs? Songs. Yeah. Songs? Canciones. Yes, canciones. Canciones. Cantando songs. canciones. Canciones. Next one, album. How do you say album? Album. Album. Yes. <laughs> you are right. Like, They're going to say los diez chocolatitos. You choose these words that are the same in Spanish and English. It's hilarious. How do you say sculpture? Sculpture? That's different. Okay, sculpture is... Es, escultura o scol, escultura? Escultura. Escultura. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that throws me off every time. So, sculpture is? Escultura. Escultura. Okay. Okay, next one is figurative. How do you say figurative? <laughs> figurative. Um, that one, I don't know. Figu 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 pretty simple figurativo yes but, no but say it you say it figurativo 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 it doesn't mm -hmm. sound right to me but okay figurativo yes figurative yes next one is commercial how do you say commercial ah commercial comercial 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 is commercial and then if it's commercial art arte comercial Exactly. Got it. Next one. So Colombian. <laughs> Next one is Next one is representation. We can't have an episode without talking. We're, not, we're going to talk about Colombians. I can't guess. have an episode without talking about Sofia Vergara. Okay, yeah. Uh, what about representation? How do you say representation? Representation is representación. Okay. And the last one for Re me... Wait, hold on. Representación. Representación. Okay. And the last one for me will be funny. How do you say funny? <laughs> funny? Chistoso. Or gracioso. Gracioso. Que me hace gracia. Gracio. Ah, qué gracioso. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I have one that ties into that, which oh, is yeah? the word that I used. I said that the, his artwork seemed, Botero's artwork seemed humorous. How do you say humorous? Humorístico. Okay. Another one is geometric. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um... Geométrico. 
Okay, and last one is uh, work ethic. How do you say work ethic? Somebody has a good work ethic. I want to say that is like ética en el trabajo, but I'm pretty sure there's another word for it. Or, so. or a different expression for yeah, problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, but I'll take that for now. Go ahead. What is it? Ética. Ética. Ethic. All right, guys. Go practice Spanish while drinking some aguardiente. Mm-hmm. And dancing some cumbia this week. All right, all right. Another episode wrapped up. Yes. Uh, next episode is going to be episode 37, Cooking Up Some Styles. Um, in art life, I'm going to be talking about my recipe for my graffiti wild style lettering. And on Culture Talk, we're going to be talking about learning how to cook in Latino families. Very important. Yeah. Uh, important for me, too. You, everybody should know how to cook. Yeah, everybody. And at the end? Hablando Español. All right, I'll see you guys then next time. All right, so if you guys are still sticking around, then you are true hardcore fans. And for you guys, we have a special treat. You know we can't have an episode talking about Shakira without Carla doing a cover song for us. So Carla, go ahead. Bless us with a song. arruinen los canales de noticias con lo mucho que odio la televisión que se vuelvan anticuadas las sonrisas y se singan todas las puestas de sol que se supriman las doctrinas y deberes que se terminen las películas y acción que se destruyan en el mundo los placeres y que se escriba hoy una última canción pero que me quedes tú y me quede tu abrazo y el beso que inventas cada día y que me quede aquí Después del ocaso, para siempre tu melancolía Porque yo, yo sí, sí, que dependo de ti Y si me quedas tú, me queda la vida Desaparezcan todos los vecinos Y se coman las obras de mi inocencia 
que se vayan uno a uno los amigos y acribillen mi pedazo de conciencia que se consuman las palabras en los labios que contaminen todo el agua del planeta Y que se muera hoy hasta el último poeta Pero que me quedes tú y me quede tu abrazo Y el beso que inventas cada día Y que me quede aquí después del ocaso Para siempre tu melancolía Porque yo, yo Dependo de ti Y si me quedas tú Me queda la vida Alright, Carla. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for all the support. Yes, thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed this little version of Shakira. And join us next episode. Alright, peace.